This is RevTech Podcast, where we discuss everything from business processes to measurement and technical alignment. The RevTech mission focuses on effectively managing and optimizing the go-to-market strategy through methodologies, tools, and best practices. We discuss the success criteria and technical fit guides for decision-making and ensure solutions align with the business goals. Our today's guests are Alexis Patrijos, Director of Strategic Partnerships and Ecosystem Marketing, and Lauren Riley, Senior Sales Manager at Chili Piper. Welcome, guys. Or I should say, Kalimera and Kalispera. Yeah, I love that. That goodbye, Kalispera to everybody. So. so, welcome, guys. We are absolutely happy to have you on. We have a great questions, and let's uh, dive in. Yeah, very excited to be talking to both of you today. Let's just start with your elevator pitch for Chili Piper. Chili Piper is, we like to call it the, the secret spice of top revenue teams. And what we're able to do is, is really help people automate a lot of the, the back and forth that sales and marketing are spending their time on when they could be spending that time on more like selling and actual marketing tasks. So annoying things like chasing leads down from web forms, um, updating CRM, going back and forth to get things scheduled, all of that can be automated with Chili Piper for both your high intent and low intent leads um, on top of some other spicy things. But that's the quick, like three or four stories of elevator pitch if we're not going to a skyscraper. Yeah, totally. And I want to know a little bit more about the story of the company and the story of the name as you're making all these fun puns off of it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's actually really interesting. Originally, our co-founders, Nicholas and Alina, they they were working on a different project at the time. And one of their customers came and said, hey, we're looking for a tool that will allow our SDRs to book on behalf of our AEs without consulting a spreadsheet or those crazy you know, red string diagrams to figure out where this meeting's supposed to go. Can you help us with this? It turned out there was nothing on the market that did that. So they actually completely pivoted and then became... Um, you know, just obsessed with this idea and and Rest Chili Piper is built now around that product and that one customer from back in the day who said, hey, I need your help. And, and they sprang to action and built it, I think, in just a couple of months. That's awesome. And the name? Why, why Chili Piper? <laughs> yeah, uh, there is a lot of lore around that name. And maybe, Alexis, you can you probably have your own versions of, of these stories that we hear. But honestly, I think there was a, a spitballing of like a pipeline and it's, you know, it's spicy and, and we like to, so chili, piper, piper, chili, piper. And it's just kind of come up. But depending on who you ask, there's a, there's a bit of a different uh, brainstorming session that I've heard multiple times. And I think the actual inspiration was a champagne brand called Piper Heidsick. I don't know if you're familiar with it, uh, but apparently they saw it somewhere and they were like, Piper, oh yeah, maybe we should call it Piper. And then, well, she came in as well. So we became... Chili Piper. And you use it in all, all, the th all your marketing, which I love. That's awesome. And so what brought um, each one of you to the company? Lauren, I'd love for, your, for you to start on that. What was interesting about Chili Piper? Uh, where were you before? And what was the story there? I started my career in, in SaaS and SaaS sales. And uh, I, I completely left the industry. I was a little disillusioned there. I decided, you know, maybe it wasn't actually the career path for me for a couple of reasons. So I completely left um, and went into travel. I was working with a group that did uh, National Geographic tours down in Antarctica. And that was in spring of 2020. 
So literally on my way down to the white continent, COVID kicked in, borders got locked. The company I was working for essentially, you know, ceased to exist. So it was really a moment of wondering, you know, do I return to software? And I knew that if I did, it was really important to me that I found a company that aligned with my with my ethos. And that was, you know, having female representation and diversity in leadership, having a, a company that I was actually genuinely excited about. I, I came from a software background where it was a little more not a tool that I saw the value in personally, whereas Chili Piper, I got it instantly, right? So it was great people, a remote work culture, just fantastic leadership team and a, and a tool that I was genuinely excited about. And suddenly I was like, you know what? Maybe it wasn't software I was disillusioned with. It was like the software companies that I chose. And, and being here, I've been here for three years now. I've never been happier. That's awesome. You're going to have to go do that that trip at some point and maybe go back into the travel industry. <laughs> yeah, actually, 2025, I will be back down in Antarctica. So fingers crossed. Yeah, no, no, not another pandemic, hopefully. And Alexis, why did you join? What's the story there? Well, I was actually, before Chili Viper, I was working as an inbound SDR, feeling exactly you know the issue that we're solving right now so i was responsible for receiving inbound leads and we literally had the report on salesforce which we kept refreshing every five minutes to go and grab these leads but there was there were not distribution distribution rules it was just literally you know first come first serve in a way the company is called workable by the way maybe dimitris you know it's a great yes of course based uh, company they're doing pretty well and i made a case internally uh, i suggested you know Chili Piper as a tool to solve our issues back then. It didn't work. Well, we had some management changes and everything, but I really liked the tool when I saw it. And I saw that they were hiring remotely as well. So I made my application and I was hired as the, I think it was the first sales hiring in, in Europe back then uh, as an SDR and then progressed down the partnership path. That's awesome. I always like stories where someone either used the tool or really liked the tool and ends up, ends up joining the company. So let's move to the capital round. Okay, so what's your, what's your current financing stage? You know, what is your aspiration in terms of getting new round and, and what are we building from here? We've gone up to Series B, uh, raised $52 million in total. I think our last funding round was 2020 or 2021. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. Uh, but it was my first year in Piper back then. From 2016 to 2019, it was bootstrap. We raised uh, some seed round and a Series A back-to-back, -back, and then Series B also back-to-back -back during the good years. <laughs> so everything uh, was going well. And right now where we stand, we're not looking for funding. We've done a, a great work with our cash uh, right now. So that means that we're not burning and still growing. So we're in a good spot, not actively looking to raise more. And how are you planning to allocate the capital as as a result of that round, and also continue, obviously, you, you know, you you don't not, you're not looking for a funding, so that means you're profitable. What is the most important thing on the investment plan right now? I think we have a balance between investing in product and investing in the commercial departments, like marketing and sales. Product is is a, is a very you know key function of every SaaS company, I believe, and that's what we're we're, we're also. Well, we also believe here in City Piper. Uh, we're expecting quite a few product launches this year. Uh, I, I would say this year we've put a lot of uh, investment behind product, but in general, we'll have a balanced uh, scale uh, of our teams. Yeah, I think I, I applaud every single company that is doing a good job allocating the, the capital properly because as they're maturing and eventually becoming public companies, that is becoming more 
important element of the evaluation of the company, right? Uh, I mean, if you look at any, any analysis of the stocks, you will have that as well. And a lot of analysts consider that. So starting earlier is building the, the knowledge and wisdom around that. Uh, and that, 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 is, that is awesome to hear that. Moving into go-to-market. Yeah, it's a good time to be profitable right now. Uh, and you're talking a little bit about how you're investing in, uh, on the, the commercial and go-to-market side. So let's kind of dive into what your your go-to-market strategy looks like. What types of customers do you find Chili Paper fits best? Um, what is kind of like your ICP requirements right now? Yeah, if you are someone who describes yourself as in ops or like wearing many hats, Chili Piper tends, tends to be a good fit. Um, a lot of our end users are are people like um, SDRs or AEs, even post-sales teams like account managers or customer success. Really, if you are in a space uh, where you are sending out or kind of coordinating uh, meetings externally, you are a great fit for Chili Paper. But from the leadership side, um, you know, CMOs, uh, director of marketing, heads of growth, sales leaders like myself, we really see the benefits um, and it's, again, why I love Chili Paper, because I get to experience the tool as if I am a user myself. We get to see this instant speed to lead and qualification so that my reps have chock full calendars when they wake up in the morning through the automations of Chili Piper. And so you're working with companies kind of of all sizes that have a sales force is essentially what it is. It's not you're not more specific to enterprise customers versus SMB. You see run the gamut. We run the gamut. Yep. So we have, you know, uh, solo entrepreneurs on some of our tools and we have, you know, some of the the Fortune 500 companies and everything in between. Um, and it's not necessarily specific to Salesforce. I will say that if you have uh, HubSpot as your CRM, you're you're in good company here as well. Um, I would say the bulk of our, of our customer base does tend to be like SaaS B2B. But really, again, if you are trying to schedule a meeting or route leads to your reps, B2C or an outside of SaaS, we're still a good fit for those two. That makes sense. I'm curious what you're seeing. You mentioned like if you're an ops wearing many hats, what are you seeing across ops departments right now? I feel like the the trend I've been seeing is they're getting hit really hard with some of the layoffs that have been happening and they're starting to wear even more hats. Are you seeing that being a place where it actually opens up the door to go in and, and sell or is it a hindrance because they don't have time to implement it? I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, great question. I mean, if, if anyone is not sick of hearing the phrase do more with less yet, right? You haven't been online. Um, but that is that is really something the Chili Paper can help with. So especially you mentioned, you know, um, Dimitri, using uh, your your funding and capital wisely when it comes to headcount. Um, or Liz, you're saying like, maybe we don't have that additional body that we used to have to do some of this work. Chili Piper can be that. It can actually work uh, to automate so many of the steps that like an ops person is usually kind of like traffic copying or we're like working on a day-to-day basis that we have seen some teams say, you know, the cost of Chili Piper is significantly less than the cost of a full-time employee to do this. Or we have a full-time employee who is already kind of out there with them with like the bandwidth capability that they have in a, in a given amount of days, right? Or a given amount of hours. So a lot of times in a situation like this, when maybe ops people have, have less bandwidth than usual, Chili Piper can really kind of act as their assistant in a way. Yeah, I, I was writing a blog post recently uh, about how I find do more or less to be an offensive term. But the other thing I, I think in doing, you know, recording over different tools is companies start have to start to realize like, hey, we used to throw 
a person at doing this. And we really need to bun up our operations and find tools that make it more efficient and use people's time to do strategic things um, and not kind of the the process oriented things. So it's a, it's a good time to be in the market. I'm not shocked that you guys are, are profitable right now. In terms of competitors, who are the main ones that you run into in the market and how does Chili Paper differentiate from them? It's, it's so interesting, right? Because another trend that we're seeing is everyone is kind of trying to, to be a one-stop shop, right? And so suddenly, I think everyone is finding themselves faced with more competitors because uh, suddenly everyone can do a little bit of everything. But when you really look at tools that offer you know, what Chili Piper does, I don't think there's a single one-to-one competitor out there. I will say, you know, typically if people are kind of trying to contextualize us to someone who's never used a tool like Chili Piper, they might say, oh, okay, like I'm familiar with like the basic booking links of, of something like Calendly or of a tool like that. And then kind of using that to, to say, yes, okay, so imagine that, but with these additional capabilities. So I said like that's that's probably like the one that comes up the most often because people are used to like that that free premium tool they have. And so it's a little more like in the marketplace. Just imagine that applied to to business. Yeah. And like a HubSpot has like a, a booking tool, right? But you're doing more. It's more of the the qualification, the routing. It's that tool plus a lot of power behind it, essentially. You have complex routing needs. You have um, you know larger teams or even just kind of the, the volume coming through different channels. As a marketer, you know, you have your web form, but you also have events you're attending, all these different spaces where meetings need to happen in order for it to actually get into pipeline. That's when that complexity um, becomes enough of a pain point where people say, okay, we need a more sophisticated tool like Chili Paper. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and how are you guys selling uh, as we talk about, you know, product-led growth, partner sales, marketing-led growth? What's kind of the mix that you're seeing and in, employing in, in right now to go to market? I think it's a little bit of everything. We're at the stage where we can't sacrifice any channel. So we're, we're putting, we're approaching the market from every direction. We were sales first in the beginning. We had an awesome group of SDRs, which most of them have now grown into other positions, including me and Lauren. I think we started somewhat together back back then, along with the sales team. You know, we're doing a lot of a, a great work back then. Grew the company to the big the biggest part of the ARR. Then we also have a marketing team. Obviously, Silver is a big brand right now, so we get a lot of organic growth. And in terms of PLG, the good thing is that usually buyers that are trying to buy our customers' tools and go through the demo request process, they get to experience what our tool does. So we get a lot of growth from just name dropping Chili Piper on the bottom of the of the scheduling uh, uh, process for, for these vendors. So we have a lot of people that come inbound saying, hey, I was actually trying to contact X company and I saw your tool. It's awesome. Like we want to, to try it out. So... That's another channel of growth for us. And we're, we're definitely looking into partnerships as well. We have two different partnership teams. One being led by me, which is the product partnerships team, working on new integrations and also nurturing our relationship with our current integrations. And then we also attach a commercial side to all these integrations. We like to go to market with our integration partners, do a lot of things, a lot of cool things. And then we also have a team uh, called Channel Partnerships, uh, where we're working with uh, agencies and, for example, Salesforce integrators, HubSpot agencies, marketer agencies, and they they suggest Chili Piper as part of the tech stack to their customers. And uh, we like to help them build a, a playbook around Chili Piper, how to implement it, how to make it work awesome in an awesome way. And also we would like to give this this um, agency revenue share as part of the partnership agreement. So that's another growth lever for us. 
That's awesome. How many uh, agencies are you partnering with today? I think it's over 250, like close to 300, something like that, like a lot. Yeah. And those ecosystems, I work with the HubSpot and Salesforce ones quite a bit, are excellent to work with in terms of their agency partnerships. And on the tech partnership side, I'm assuming HubSpot, Salesforce, Marketo are probably some of the bigger, more strategic partnerships. Are there any others that you work with as well? Yes. Uh, so we recently recently launched an initiative called Concierge Everywhere, uh, which actually also won an award in the, from the Nearbound team as the partnership collaboration of the year. Oh, cool. Uh, it, it, it was nice. great because we were actually against like uh, companies like Microsoft and OpenAI and people voted for ours. So I, I guess there's some innovation on it. Uh, what we're doing is that we, we look back up on, on the core uh, things that Chili Piper is solving, which is helping our vendors connect with their uh, buyers and like facilitate that journey. But then we rethought it, we, we rethought about it, and we came to the understanding that uh, leads are not no longer coming just through your website. There are so many channels out there that leads are trying to contact the, the vendors. So we need to facilitate exactly the same journey on all these places outside of their website. I'll give an example. We started our, our number one integration for the Concierge Everywhere initiative was G2. So we love to offer to our customers exactly the same experience on G2. So they're able to, well, you'll see in a bit actually also on the demo what Cinepiper does exactly. Uh, but we, we have concierge, our tool concierge sitting behind contact forms within G2. Uh, so when a buyer is is filling a contact from within G2, they get the ability to book a time with a with a rep of the vendor they're interested in without even visiting their own website. So it's a super cool integration. It's 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 part of, of what we built last year, and this year I think the most important integration we're working on is supporting Gong's new tool, Gong Engage, uh, as as their scheduling tool of choice. That makes total sense. You started in the area where you're going to see the most volume of leads with those partnerships, HubSpot, Salesforce, Marketo, and then you're slowly expanding out to all the other areas, which is exciting. What are the triggers that help you to sell your solution to these big corporations? I'm not trying to to ask you for a secret sauce exactly, but I think uh, there's probably a, a bucket of problems that are bothering these entities and you've fit very well. Just curious to know what are those things and you can elaborate a little bit more about that. I know we're going to have a demo coming up, so maybe that's where a lot of that will be more tangible, but it just, just keep, we could highlight these bullet points that are helping you to convince them to buy and that'll be awesome. I'd say the most common one is if, if you were a marketer and you are sitting there scratching your head or maybe pulling your hair out saying, We've brought in these leads. Why is it not correlating into meetings and pipeline? If that is the question you are asking yourself, we should chat. It is difficult these days, you know, especially with sales teams also wearing a lot of hats, right? And being able to meet those SLAs that marketing might put in place um, and be able to actually chase people down and get those meetings scheduled. There's not always a one-to-one correlation. I don't think I've ever talked to someone who said, oh yeah, 100% of our inbound leads are turning into pipeline. We connect with all of them, right? That's just simply not the case unless you have some automations and some convenience tools in place. Because not only are you as a marketer busy, your sales team is busy, but the people you're selling to are also busy. If they're on that website, that is their highest moment of intent. You need to convert them and capture them then because otherwise... They're opening the next tab. They're on to the next thing. And it might be a few days later until they can manage to get back to schedule that meeting. That speed delete is so important, especially like we talked about. And the competitive landscape is growing for everyone. Okay. And it really can be, you know, 
first person to respond comes in as the incumbent almost. Like they get that that advantage. And, you know, it's a significant advantage that can be really hard to to overcome if you're like second person on their list. Right. So if you are a marketer who is wondering like why we are not converting at that rate, um, if you are a, a sales leader who has heard your team say, look, I want to do that. I'm trying to do that, but I just spend so much time like on okay. these admin tasks. Both of those are usually triggers for people to say, okay, you know what? We need to find a way to work smarter and not harder. Same with ops. Like I mentioned, if you are finding yourself putting in like eight, nine, 10 hour days um, and some of the like the tedious lead routing or getting things like assigned out is not happening for you. If you are saying like, okay, I, I am only one person. If you find yourself saying that, that is usually a trigger for a tool like Julie Piper. So essentially the productivity comes out of this underlying layer of intent behind the actions that individuals take. And that's what you're solving for, right? Like you're matching these things with some sort of extra operational feature that is allowing the individuals to, and the company that's trying to sell to see how to prioritize these things. And then say, this is how much time you have in order to react for this type of lead versus another one. And this is what you should be doing. I mean, Maybe it's not exactly the same prescriptive way, but I think you can build a use case like that, right? And that's where the productivity comes from, right? Absolutely. I think the productivity comes from the fact that why do something manually when you can have it done automatically? Yep. Um, right now, I am on this podcast. If I was, you know, back in, in the day when I was manually routing leads, none of my teams would be getting meetings for this hour because I am busy doing this, right? I cannot be two places at once. I cannot figure out, okay, this is a North American lead of, of you know company size 500. That needs to go yep. to Tara, right? I can't do that right now. So yep. we're waiting an hour for me to get back to that. Maybe after this, I go make coffee. Right now, an hour and a half has passed. Maybe I have another meeting. Those leads are sitting in my inbox, potentially booking meetings to other competitors. You know, potentially um, like these priorities are shifting in real time, right? And my reps are just sitting there waiting, you know, hungry for these leads. And I am the bottleneck in that situation, yep. right? The productivity comes from removing that bottleneck so things can move faster. And also what we find when they move faster, they move in higher volume, right? So the conversion rates, you know, their before and after, that's one of my favorite things in like our, our quarterly check-ins with our customers is to look at a before and after of conversion. And it's it's remarkable. Like, is this graph broken? It is such a sharp uptake right on this date. What happened here? Oh, we launched it through the website. Yep. Understood. And let me, let me pivot this a little bit into SMB, particular, in particular, the VC-funded companies. I mean, 23 was, let's be honest, not a great year for someone who was trying to raise the capital. A lot of companies needed to trim their workforce, especially in sales and SDRs. So how hard it is to sell this to these companies from your perspective? It's just uh, another version of my previous question, uh, but focus on the small companies. Definitely. There have been multiple companies that we've talked to, especially the smaller ones. And and as kind of uh, we went through like a little bit of that, that downturn, when people were laying people off, well, they can't not have those tasks done, right? But they just, they also now don't have the the headcount to do it. So it was, unfortunately, it was, it was common people were saying, listen, you know, we know we have to downsize our team either entirely or significantly, but we obviously still need to triage these leads. What can we do? And the truth is that Chili Piper, for some people, the solution was to actually replace like an inbound SDR team who was responsible for kind of triaging and like assessing those leads and getting them into the right hands with an automation tool like Chili Piper. So those companies were able to successfully save the salary of multiple headcounts for a fraction of the cost, still have those same levels of efficiency, but be able to operate much leaner in order to get them to like their next series of funding. 
right? So we did see multiple people come to us and say, hey, like we need to basically automate what we are doing manually now as a cost-saving measure. Okay, that goes both ways, right? So like your, yes. your SDR team might be triaging. Also, they could be outbounding, right? So it's if you you can just reprioritize what their efforts are as well and doesn't necessarily mean, oh, there's no more need for an SDR team. It's just what are they focused on? Absolutely. And I feel like these days, the, the, the great SDR teams, like they are successful at outbounding. You know, historically, if their attention was split, it's really hard to to bring in the levels they needed to bring outbounding because they're also manning, you know, the inbound leads. So now for them to be able to prioritize and focus their efforts on those outbound, they're just bringing more revenue in for the company. So it's another, it's a great point, Lizzie. It's it's not always like, oh, well, now we don't need SDRs. No, we need SDRs, right? But now maybe the SDRs get to be even more valuable. Yeah. It's how do you make your team the most efficient in this new market where money costs more? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So it sounds like it's a, it's an opportunity. It's not a risk for you guys because you actually are fitting very well in this productivity space and you can make um, these teams uh, more efficient. So that's exactly why I was asking this question, even though something looks bad, but it's still, it's still an opportunity for someone to come in and offer something valuable. So thank you for that. And let, let's, let's maybe move into demo. What do you want to share with us today? Yeah, we'll keep it high level. We'll focus on, on two of our tools, one called Concierge, which we've been talking quite a bit about, and then another really exciting tool called Distro. The great way to think about it is, you know, you have your really high intent leads, those, those people who are trying to convert in the moment on the website. And then maybe you have other leads, again, like that you're monitoring with lead scores, you're more of a nurture piece, right? Both are equally important. Both kind of make up this funnel and that's going to eventually turn into closed one. So we have tools that kind of tackle it from both sides of that funnel. So we'll, we'll quickly run through that. The highest intent is usually the call to action on the, on the website, right? So Chili Piper can sit behind one of those call to action forms. Typically, it's a talk to sales, contact us, request a demo, right? And the beauty of Chili Piper is that we don't dictate which form you need to use. We're kind of, I like to call it form agnostic, right? So we don't have to come in and rip and replace things. We can actually sit behind your existing forms. This one happens to be a HubSpot form. That's what we use internally. But that way, when someone presses submit, we can use not only the information on the form to qualify and route, but also any information that happens to be in your CRM or through like real-time enrichment tools that you might be utilizing. And all those different data pieces then are being read to determine, A, do we want to talk to this person? You know, maybe it's an AOL email. We've determined we do not want to show the calendar there. Um, but if it is a good fit and we have you know, met the qualifications we've dictated, Chili Pepper will serve up a calendar. And not only just a calendar, but the calendar of the person they should talk to. Again, if we're routing geographically, if we're routing by size, right? Maybe this happens to be a named account, someone that actually should go to a very specific individual. We need to serve the right calendar. So there's not a back and forth and a reassign. And we're bringing kind of the prospect into our own internal you know, network of different complicated rules. It's just going to serve the right calendar from the get-go. And I can say, yeah, you know what? Let's do something on Monday. This works great. We'll do 8 a.m. Monday. I have now booked my meeting with the sales team. I have an invite in my inbox. The sales team has been notified as well. And I wouldn't know this is a prospect, but everything has been sunk back into the CRM. So the reps don't have to update that at all. Marketing can see what's happening in real time with those leads getting booked. But from the prospect side, I'm all set. You can drop them on whatever URL you want, whatever landing page or thank you page, maybe one that even has some collateral to kind of get them prepped for the meeting. 
But from their end, like they're done. They are now converted into pipeline for you. So how how is this later getting translated into what we discussed before, uh, accelerating the pipeline and 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 so on? Maybe maybe you can you can show us here as well. Yeah, absolutely. So for the sake of time, I'll just show the Salesforce side of things, but it looks very similar in HubSpot. As a leader, marketing leader, I can come in here and quickly glance. Um, this is our our package through Salesforce that has you know, all the Chili Piper data, and it's showing me the number of meetings that have been assigned by individual, um, even maybe by like meeting type, you know, for example, campaigns or, or landing pages, including things like no-shows, cancellations, reschedules, and really breaking this data down for me so that I can make informed decisions on maybe we spend more on this ad spend because it's converting really well, right? Here are all the different types of meetings. By Q, for example, we might see, okay, we have 41 in this. Great. We actually happen to know that that corresponds to company size, you know, 11 to 50. So maybe that's where we are finding our sweet spot and we can invest more in there. All of this is automated because Chili Piper is talking to the CRM. Uh, but that's another piece is not only are the reps not having to chase it down or update it in, but the data is really helpful. People can make informed decisions moving forward. This is great. As you were talking through things before, I was like, I wonder what the analytics look like. So I'm glad we got a, a snapshot of what that is. I'm a sucker for a good dashboard. So uh, it's really nice. And again, it's something that that I and my team get to use internally. So all of this is, is fully customizable as well. Another another beautiful chart part of Chili Fiber, just like we don't have to dictate which form or marketing automation tool you might use. We also don't have to dictate which fields in Salesforce or HubSpot you use. We can route off of any field. So if you have a very unique routing or disqualification piece of logic that you don't think exists anywhere else, no worries. We can use any of your different logic or routing to make sure that it goes to the right individual. Yeah. So even if you're pulling in some, something from like Zoom Info to qualify, as long as it lives in Salesforce, you're able to grab it and make sure that uh, it's part of the qualification. Exactly. Um, you know, real-time enrichment. So Zoom Info, Form Complete is a great one. Anything that's net new. So you might want to enrich it in real time with them. But if it's already existing in your CRM, you already have that logic in Salesforce. We can use that too, as well as things on the form. So really, we are taking all those different data points that, again, an individual used to have to do and then figure out, okay, then it matches to, all right, great, Tim, right? Again, Chili Piper is doing that for you and kind of serving up, it's Tim's calendar, here's Tim's calendar. How long does the implementation typically take, like of getting everyone's calendars in there, getting all the right data from the CRM system, all of that? Yeah, great question. Um, Typically about, I mean, again, it depends. We have, we have a couple of different tools. And so depending on how many of them and how aggressively you're trying to roll them out, again, Alexi's mentioned uh, G2, that same kind of booking uh, flow that I found here, right, where it takes me to this piece that could sit behind the G2 form as well. So if you're going to be implementing it far and wide, right, a little longer, but on average, our customers have things, you know, getting booked through Chili Piper within the first two to three weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome. Quick. Yeah. 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 Especially if you're working with, with one of our incredible like partner agencies, then it's even faster, right? Because they uh, they onboard Chilling Piper on a, on a very frequent basis. So you almost get a little shortcut if you're using one of them. And do you have like a standard package with those agencies or are they pricing it all on their own? Alexi, that's a question you might be a little more suited for. Well, every deal is coming through the Chili Piper team first. We just use agencies to help with onboarding and the initial reference to the actual prospect. But we help them build the playbook around how to implement Chili Piper. Yes, that we do. And there's no, we, we, we don't, regulate how they should be pricing that onboarding playbook. They're free to charge what they want. So that's really high intent leads. The one other thing I'll touch on, which I think is really exciting, is you know the, the routing piece. 
Now, this one is actually Salesforce specific. So I will throw that disclaimer out there typically because HubSpot workflows is so you know well ingrained in a lot of our customers day to day. Whereas with Salesforce, it can be much more complicated. Sometimes you need like an architect, an engineer, a full-time Salesforce you know admin to get some of this stuff done, which is why people will use Chile Piper for those more low intent leads. So for example, let's take a look at like a lead, maybe not on the website, but we have been waiting for them to get to a point where their their score perhaps is at a threshold. And we know that if, for example, our lead has a behavioral score of maybe more than 500, that's when we want to trigger that over to sales to have them start that outreach. Maybe those SDR teams again, right? If something is over 500, we know it's good enough to get to the sales team. The sales team can then action it. So in this example, we can say, great, if a lead's behavioral score, again, we can use any field in your Salesforce or CRM, is more than 500. And in this example here, we'll say the, uh, you know, it's under 100 employees and it'll go to our SMB team. Well, in fact, here it does. It does go to our SMB team. We're going to round robin it, update the lead owner ID update the lead status as assigned in Salesforce. And then if we can even put SLAs in, usually people have SLAs, but it's hard to enforce them. With a tool like Chili Piper, after 24 hours, you could do things like reassign that record or maybe nudge your rep with a Slack or email reminder to please follow up with this lead. And all of that's automated. So not only the SLAs, but the like status updates and field updates in Salesforce that are associated with assigning something out and that fair round robin matching to the right team all of that can be automated with a tool like Chili Pepper's Distro. So this is very helpful. When you were sharing the both solutions, I was wondering, today in the market, there's probably more interest than really you can convert into a pipeline and eventually close deals, right? So people are still interested. They, they, they're looking for something new. They want to know what is out there. It's much harder to convert and narrow this down to the specific high-quality leads, right? So that's a kind of the setting stage for my question. The question is around the data collection and utilization, because that is, in fact, increasing the quality of that lead, right? And we also know that not every data source is, is equal, right? Some of them are more fundamental, and they I would consider them kind of the core. And there is a, something that is more, you know, occasionally used, and it's a definitely complementary function for what I'm trying to do. And the intent is a combination of between these two type of sources. Now, the question is, is there anything in your tool that is helping to identify better sources than the others based on the results or the pace of the process that you're walking through your SDRs and the sales team? Yes, I think what you're asking is in regards to pace, right? Like, is that pace increased with a tool like Chili Piper? Is that is that yes, it's, it's exactly that, but it's also through the kind of data quality, right? Is there anything that will tell me, okay, if I use demos as a source, right? Weird. And, you know, they usually have a higher conversion rate, but I can I use something else like, a, you know, cold calling, for instance, a part of my process. Is there higher return on any of these? Maybe the data coming from this source, that source, maybe from G2 is actually a better quality and for that reason, you know, I can see that this converts faster. So why I'm asking about this, because if a lot of companies today, they, they, they struggle with scaling. So whatever we're using in the last three years is irrelevant at this point in the market conditions. Targeting the individuals that actually are willing to buy and they have a budget and all of those things, it's much, much harder to do 
So having something that will tell me that at this point that I have a high conversion from this source or that source, it's gold. Is there anything that will tell me that? It could be a form of metric. It could be a form of you know listing of certain sources. You can also create different what we call routers within our product, which uh, are then tagging all the dashboards that Lauren showed you before. So you're able to track how many meetings you're getting from each channel very effectively. But besides that, we can also tag Salesforce with how many days have passed since the meeting was run and like all this uh, enriched data, which you can go even deeper on your analysis. You can say that when I book a meeting from G2, you know, the next follow-up is five days later or like 10 days later. So what we push is the meeting data back to Salesforce. And then within Salesforce, you can analyze the dashboards the way you want, but we capture that data. So we, we give the power to the team so they can track, you know, which which channel is performing the best, which sales cycle is the shortest. Yes, like that's, that's the end Absolutely correct. Not only can you track conversion of like what's actually coming through and the number of meetings we're getting per channel here, you could attach UTM parameters and, and use those as, as well as like having a Salesforce campaigns is something that Chili Piper supports. And yeah, to Alexi's point, it's not just conversions. It can be, you can slice and dice, you know, your average contract value, your your days to a closed one, um, so many other factors by those different channels as well because of Chili Piper. Uh, I want to add something maybe easy that's relevant. You know, you're more active in the partnership space. So I'm actually about to write a use case of, of how we use Chili Piper for partnerships because there is also an idea of like giving these router links, what we call them router links, like the scheduling links back to our agency partners. So an agency partner can easily access the booking of Chili Piper so they can go open up the scheduling link, schedule a meeting for their prospect which then gets routed to the right rep from Chili Piper and also tags Salesforce with the name of the agency. So you, you can automate payouts, like attribution to the back to the agency. And this is some, a use case that we haven't marketed at all, but there are quite a few customers using it already. This is fantastic. I, I tell you why, because a lot of companies, they struggle making that connection at that stage of the opportunity. Uh, I don't know how many conversations I had in the, pa- in the past uh, with my internal teams, how to build that custom solution in Salesforce, which is essentially a lot of hours and resources that it takes to enter that that information in a more, I would say, cohesive way. So what you, what you just described is absolutely awesome and absolutely needed. A RevOps team will love you. Yeah, it's getting at that partner source revenue aspect of like, how do you use yes. sourcings correctly, which right now is, for what I've seen, done mostly manually. Like someone's going in, they're saying this partner referred this person, they're involved here, or the salesperson has to do it. And so you're starting to help automate that process. Yeah, it's fundamental for, for that, but it's also answering the very key question that you uh, want to get answered during your uh, go-to-market annual planning process, right? Every single source from the go-to-market needs to be analyzed through the lens of unit economics. And if you can't really see this part of the sourcing, and that's a substantial part of your go-to-market strategy, that's a huge gap. You won't be able to allocate the proper amount of resources and money into that space. You're going to undershoot or overshoot without getting the right return, which later will have other implications. So having that connection, it's more fundamental just than connecting the two data points. So that's what I'm trying to say. Lauren here, she can get you a proper demo later on if you want to. Sure, yeah, I would love that. I would love that. I'm all about analytics and data. That's why I'm coming from this angle and asking a lot of questions. 
especially when you're dealing with that data later and you have to answer these questions to your management, you know, where you should go, you know, and this is important to me. Yeah. Okay. I think, I mean, as someone being in partnerships, partnerships are valuable and drive revenue at a broad level. I think a lot of people would agree on that. What we've seen happen over the past year, year and a half is that question comes up of, well, how much are you driving? And it's really hard to answer that question. And I think a lot of different tools are trying to solve for that. I think this is a really unique, kind of slick and low maintenance way to start to track at least a portion of that. And so Alexis, you mentioned that you're not heavily going to market with us. I'm curious on if it's something you're planning to go to market with more, at what phase it's in, what the plan is there. Product-wise, it's ready. There, there are customers using it already. We don't need to do anything, any changes on our product. The thing is that we haven't documented the use case and actually gone to market with it. So it's, I'm planning to do it this quarter. I, I've written it in my OKRs that I need to, to document the use case, build a landing page around that, and start marketing it because it's exactly what you say. Like, there, are, there are many tools out there even overselling that value in a way and promising more and more. But in the end, you just want to... Like th- this, uh, this process and this tool just solves for it very easily with a process that is already known by the sales teams because if they're using Piper, they're expecting that as well. And it's extremely easy to to, def- to, to create a, a router link within Piper and then just name it the way you want it so you can track attribution with a Salesforce. And you're saying that it's it's a hard thing to track attribution coming from partnerships, but it's even harder to track how much its agency is bringing uh, with, a, with a slick and nice process. And I think... I can't wait to start writing that. I'm still trying to find the time to, on my calendar and start working it, but it's, it's I'm excited. Yeah, I think a lot of the solutions that have come out have, basically they ask agency partners to log into another tool. And I think that is a bad way to solve the problem because it's hard enough to get them to sign up and send the for referral and everything else to be like, oh, by the way, log into another tool. It's just not going to happen. So that's why I think this is one of the more interesting ones I've heard because you're not asking them to do it. It's like, this is part of the process and we'll track it on the back end. Well, it's, it's so funny because we've we've actually been, again, like Alexis says, this product exists. We have people using it, but typically people are using this tool and we've been doing it for years on the sales side. Which SDR, which BDR gets credit for booking this meeting, right? And then like taking this existing tool, yeah, like we use that to pay out SDRs, to attribute uh, SDRs. Why aren't we using it for partnerships and agencies? Again, the technology already exists within Chili Fiber. It's just making these additional value pieces more more well known. So I'm excited for like these OKR because I think it's a brilliant use of like the existing tech, but for these other you know agencies and partnerships. Well, and the even better part is the sales team is already paying for it, so then the partnerships team doesn't have to go and say, "Oh, we should go and do this thing." And da 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 da. It's already implemented by sales. It's easy to then do it through partnerships. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And, and then back to Dimitri's question around data and how you can like compare channels. I think that's the smartest way if you're using the same channel to track attribution of your SDRs and your agencies, then you're also able to compare how the two different sales cycles are moving and what's different and all all this. So that's the thing. We want to help our customers have a unified source of all these meetings and help them you know, make the process as slick as it gets. I know we've talked a little bit about the metrics that are moving, whether it's time to close or the conversion rates on a marketing or sales qualified lead and how many of those are actually getting to a rep and meetings booked and whatnot. What's kind of the one or two key metrics that you tell customers to pay attention to once they've implemented Chili Paper? 
Yeah, I think from the sales and marketing side, I would say conversion rate. That is one that you can directly tie to to revenue, right? What was your conversion rate from your typical thank you, we'll be in touch soon web page versus a thank you, here is your meeting scheduled, right? And again, like I said, like you see these these graphs on our, our QBRs with our customers where like you can tell, you can tell exactly when they started offering that immediate scheduling. Um, so conversion rate is a really big one. And then again, speed to lead and sales, um, like SLAs is another piece of it is, you know, again, maybe they didn't fill out a form and want to schedule, but how long did it take to actually get this lead in the reps of our sales hands for them to reach out that, that engagement, that service level agreement? That's the other big piece of it. Because like I said, if I'm the bottleneck and I'm here on this podcast, every minute I'm here and every minute I'm doing something else, it's ticking into that, that speed to lead, whereas with Chili Piper, the automated. So those are the two that really stand out, at least from the sales side. I think the metrics are big components of any selling process, in my opinion, right? Like the, you, you can't just show up and say, hey, here's what it does, and you can't explain how this impacts the, the ultimate goal. It's really hard to convince anyone to buy unless you know, it's just for convenience purposes. How do you plan to develop this in, in the future, right? So very often people say, okay, it's hard problem to solve to show you how my tool is impacting your weight rate. Why? It's because there is a plenty of different things that will happen between the, the lead origination or starting point and then when it's moving to the other stages, right? And there's a no clear dependency in terms of the team and so on and so on. However, the key question and good answer is like whether even my segmentation works or I have a different pace of conversions based on the segmentation that I assumed, you know, is my go-to-market plan. Do you have ability to do this right now, or are you planning to develop that in the future? Well, I can again briefly show on that dashboard, you might see, okay, hey, we're getting the majority of our meetings, our actual meetings are from a company size 11 to 50, right? We really thought perhaps we were, we were geared toward mid-market. We expected that to be our highest performing, but looking at the data provided by Chili Piper, these are the opportunities that are actually converting at a higher rate. This is this is truly where the money's coming from. Maybe we need to internalize that and then pivot to spend more marketing dollars on that particular segment, which maybe wasn't our original goal. You know, you have to be you have to be nimble. And sometimes you set out to do a specific thing, but that's not what resonates. Or or maybe you find out, okay, this particular subset, this industry, you know, we thought we were going to be selling to accountants. Look at this, like all of our, our legal pages are converting much higher. So using that data to then make informed decisions. That makes sense. That's awesome. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, and I love it because that's, that's what these tools should be answering where I should go from where I am right now. There's a readout, but I have to just make set of actions going forward. So that's, that's, that's great at you providing that. Yeah. And I'm curious to hear more about where the, the product roadmap is heading. We've talked a lot about the reports and the dashboards and the metrics, but are there like insights that that Chili Piper can bring to customers that maybe they're not recognizing? And as that relates to even generative AI and how you guys are thinking about it, like, are, is that where the roadmap is heading or is it, are you focused on other things? Obviously, we're uh, also influenced by, by that gen AI. You have to be. Sure. You know what? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, so we're building a few features along this uh, line. So features that just uh, make the life 
so our users uh, easier. Everything goes, gets quicker here to AI. So we're about to launch a few features like that uh, within our current products, but we're also about to launch, hopefully within this year, two uh, completely new products. Uh, so we're looking towards that this year. I can't be very open about it yet, but hopefully we'll have more news soon. Uh, but if you look down again, our, our core principle of helping our users schedule things quicker and, and sleeker, and also convert their buyers to revenue faster. Can start envisioning what the future looks like. But yeah, excited roadmap from our side. I think the sales team, Lauren, is equally excited as I am. Yeah, right. there is one feature in particular that I am just like stoked about, which is priority scheduling. It's coming out. My team's been hard at work on it. But I have, as a manager, like plenty of, of internal meetings, right? And some of them are very important and some of them not as much, right? If I have a high stakes deal that I need to jump on for one of my reps, I want to prioritize that. Well, you know, historically, I'd have to kind of shuffle some things around my calendar, see if I can reschedule, like maybe send my scheduling link and be like, I know it says 10 a.m. isn't available, but I like it is for you with priority scheduling, which uh, I'm just like so excited to bring this to to like our customers. I can set which meetings I, I'm like willing to have like booked over. Chili Piper will send those times to the people that I've like approved for like as high priority. It'll reschedule my low priority things internally for me. I don't have to reschedule it. And then it'll also track all of that in Chili Piper and update those priority times based on like the different settings I've set. So it's basically like having a personal assistant. So talking about like leaning into AI as they like that's where we're going is those little things of saying like, oh, I want to batch these meetings or oh, I know that like uh, historically, people reschedule a lot of calls if they schedule them after three o'clock on a Friday. So I want to, you know, predictively not offer those times. Really like having a paid personal assistant in my pocket, that's the part that I'm really excited about. That's super exciting. I would love that. <laughs> Managing calendars is like the bane of my existence every single week. So I could see why you would also be excited about that for your own personal use. Yeah, I think the biggest value is that you're removing that layer of Ability to jeopardize your relationship with the other people. When the company is accepting these type of solutions somewhat automatically, I think you're setting the priorities differently and it's executed. Because even when companies try to tell people, you know what, you don't have to dial in all these all these calls, just make your, your own judgment, prioritize by yourself. That's not done in a unilateral way properly across the organization. Now you have a tool that will do this based on the criteria. I mean, this is this is awesome. This is a, such a good enforcer, and without jeopardizing these these relationships that people building over time, and insulting someone. Oh, you you rejecting my meeting? Or, you know, it's like no, no, no. Look, I have a customer. I got it. I got to be that right. And you should all be you know rowing the same boat, the same direction. Like at the end of the day, it's you know revenue is what's keeping the lights on. It's what's keeping us all paid. Right? We should be prioritizing revenue. And it's not personal, right? And so having a tool like Chilicabra do that for you, you're right. It takes out that kind of like political piece of it. Yeah. But it also takes out uh, the stress of having to actually do it. So. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, if company accepts that, you know, probably you can configure that. So that's fantastic. I have a one question for you guys, because I noticed that Salesforce is positioning recently their new feature on the mobile phone, leveraging Einstein. So what is your take on this? Like what you think the market is going that direction? You think, you know, something that you guys will consider in the future. I mean, time is always a precious thing in anybody's job in sales. So what is your take on this? Are you asking who you're looking to make our products more mobile friendly? Is that the Yeah, basically that's what I'm asking. 
Yeah, so right now I think uh, our products are already mobile friendly. You can try out by scheduling uh, a meeting through Chili Piper. Like it's working super effectively, same as the uh, website, same as the desktop or laptop. The, the back end of Chili Piper is usually accessible mostly, I would say, by admins or people that want to define the routing queues and all that. And usually we haven't seen a preference of doing that through mobile phones. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Lauren, but I haven't heard somebody asking for better, I don't know, UX through through my mobile phone. Maybe in the future when we're, we'll start, well, we're launching a tool that's that's more IC friendly and like more, we can sell it even to freelancer, a freemium, a freemium tool that's coming to market in 2024. When this is coming, maybe we'll look into mobile more, I guess. Uh, Lauren, I don't know if you have any other insight into that. Yeah, I think it's true with Chili A lot of it is kind of set it and forget it. So like when you set up those routing rules, you set up like those um, automations. This is not a tool people are in every day. It's a tool people are benefiting from every day. So it's very rare someone's like, I am, you know, on the train and I need to update my routing logic right now on my phone, right? That's not a use case that we're seeing people have. So we haven't, you know, invested in a mobile app. We've spent that investments on things like priority scheduling or the the use case for marketers. It is mobile friendly in that like it works on, on mobile devices. It's just not app specific. I do see as we kind of start going downstream and doing more of like a PLG or kind of freemium end user product, that that's probably something we'll explore. Yeah. Salesforce needs to be more mobile friendly because if you have to check a deal and you're on the train somewhere, it's a pain. <laughs> so yeah, but that makes a lot of sense. It is. It is. In, in Salesforce, you live within the platform, like you live within the app. Uh, in yeah. Silly Piper, most of the experience is happening outside of the app. So and it, this this part is mobile friendly, as we're speaking today. So, well, maybe we'll review it at some point. It's just, I don't think and it's that, number one priority right now. Yeah, that makes sense. What are the other trends that you see in your category, looking across to other uh, players that are in adjacent category? Well, I mean, 2023 was a year of redefining everything, I guess, the market and everything around that. So branding will, will turn more realistic and pragmatic in a way. So while tech is turning more mostly towards generative AI and like it's getting more and more techy in a way, uh, I believe that branding will go back to the core principles of, of branding. And if you look at Silly Piper, we tend to do a lot of branding outside of the digital world as well. We very much enjoy sending our Chili Piper hot sauces pretty much everywhere in the world. Uh, it's a nice, unique way of branding. We're running executive dinners. Like we're trying to to create wonderful in-person experiences for, for the people around us, and we'll continue investing in that in the future. Uh, we're still living in this in this post-COVID world where uh, a lot of cool things are happening in in-person, and people are still thirsty to meet each other. But then, when we turn back to the digital world, we want to make our branding unique. I believe we've achieved that up to now by at least Chill Viper is a quite recognizable brand out there and, and make our marketing even more relevant to our prospects and customers. So we're trying to convert uh, our, our actual product value into messaging and then communicate that messaging back to our customers and prospects in order to enable and educate them. It's kind of what I mentioned before about the partnership use case. So we're trying to document cool use cases and, and amplify, the, uh, amplify them to the ecosystem around us. So we we can help customers make a better use of Chili Piper and also educate our, our prospects and organically bring them back to us so they can check out what we do, basically. Yeah, I think I'm seeing that trend as well. Like it, people are hungry for in-person events, which is exciting. I miss them as well. Uh, and then we talked a lot about, I think, just the trends around 
efficiencies in the go-to-market process. And I think Chili Piper is already helping significantly taking advantage of that trend as well, which is awesome. All right. So let's let's wrap it up. Do you have any kudos for other companies in, that you're either partnering with or you're seeing in the market that you think are doing really cool stuff that you'd like to shut out? I can go first. I'll say Chameleon. Chameleon is a, is a tool we, we like a lot here in Chili Piper. Have you ever heard of them before? They're doing product banners and call to action buttons and stuff like that, which is very easy to implement. It's not code. So, for example, you can set up an onboarding flow with, with within Chameleon very easily. When when people are logging into Chili Piper, you can show up a banner when you launch a new product within your product to guide people to talk with a, a sales rep to, to learn more about this new product. And we also have Chili Piper site sitting behind it so we can do in-app scheduling. So... Imagine, for example, trial. When your trial is ending, you can have a chameleon banner showing up without putting any code and then having a Chili Piper link sitting behind the call to action. So when when a user is coming towards the end of the trial, they, they can see something saying, hey, your trial is about to expire. Get a call with their app here. Schedule the call live with a third Chili Piper. So it's a nice synergy and it's a great tool. Um, I like the, the little team a lot as well. Yeah, sounds awesome. Lauren, any from you? I've been really excited about our, our recent Gong partnership and and seeing what they're, you know, you asked earlier about like industry trends. I think everyone is, like I said, kind of moving towards that platform and offering multiple things. Obviously, Alexis hinted like we have two new products coming out. So we're doing that ourselves. But to see what Gong's been doing lately, which is really kind of becoming a one-stop shop and their integration with Chili Piper, that's been really exciting. And then also, I think it'd be remiss to not shout out uh, Scratchpad, which my reps live in every day. You mentioned how you know, the, the sales force and you're, you're out in the world and trying to update something, maybe you're trying to update stuff in bulk. It's been a huge time saver for them to be able to pump things into the CRM, like in, in bulk and look at their, look at their pipeline on the go. So that one's for the reps, but scratch pad. Sounds good. I, mean, I know who Gong is, but you named two other companies <laughs> that I haven't heard of. So I'm excited to, to check them out and, and learn more about both of those tools. So. Well, this was really fun. Thank you so much for your time and coming on and sharing more about Chili Piper and, and your thoughts on the industry. And it was a pleasure to have you. Thanks, guys. Yes, absolutely. Appreciate Last. that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the RepTech Podcast. Please subscribe on the listening platform of your choice and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. 